Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Insight Now live stream. Uh, here with my friend Corey Amerson. So excited to talk with you today, Corey. I know. I'm looking forward to it, Peter. Um, by the way, your green screen is on. I don't know if, if you know yeah. that. Okay, great, great. Um, well, uh, great to see you. Um, and I was thinking it would be just great for people to hear a little bit about you. You know, you've had such a such a awesome walk with God, really. And I think awesome is is a good way to describe it. And you know, um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you've been awesome. I'm saying God has been so awesome in your life, and just the stories have just been wonderful. So, you know, I think it would be helpful for people to just take a few minutes to share a little bit about you know. Uh, your walk with God and and where that started and and some of the the high points of it and to where you are today. Cool. Well, so as a kid, I mean, I always been dreaming about playing professional baseball since I was five, probably. Mm. And so my whole you know childhood, all the way through high school, was about sports. You know, I was the one that threw the hardest. Um, I had a lot of attention, and so at times I, I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. Um, as I got to high school, right, you have stereotypes and the people being certain ways, depending on what they play positions, you know, they build this um, identity around this thing. Yeah. So I even fell into that, you know, and yeah, what position did you play? Uh, shortstop. And then of course, quarterback. Okay. So, you know, you had so that you were whole, the guy. Yeah. Right. You had that whole theme <laughs> built around everything. Yeah. Um, and so like, even through then I, you know, not really knowing really who I was, right? I had parents that loved me to death, but not really um, spiritual leadership. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that I experienced, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, experiencing, you know, falling in love for the first time, me having my heart break. Yeah. Uh, you know, that leading to uh, falling into alcohol, all of that stuff at 16 years old. Yeah. It started drinking because I was afraid. Mm. You know, I was a quarterback. And I was going out and hanging out with my buddies who I played with and I wasn't doing anything. But in my mind, the enemy just says, like, how long will they accept you? Mm. This how long will it be before they kick you to the curb if you don't do what they do? Oh, wow. Based out of that fear, I chose to go into that because I didn't want to be rejected. Yeah. Yeah. So went through that and, you know, high school and get into that whole scene. And then just that comes with, you know, sexual morality, all that type of stuff. Well, when I went off to college or right before I went off to college, I tore my labrum in my arm playing mm. football. And they told me I could either have surgery or not. And I chose not to. I played baseball. I ended up tearing it almost completely. So I had to have surgery. I lost my scholarship to go play. So then that led me down just a lot of depression. Like, who am I? My dream's gone. Mm. Uh, so my freshman year of college, college was really tough. Um, yeah. After that, I got You went from having a scholarship to play ball to not being able to play anymore. Yeah. And going to college with a arm and, and a sling, you know? And oh, wow. Just, you know, and a lot of my uh, value was driven by how um, girls would approach me or all those type things. Right. I, yeah. I was basing off all that. So now I'm in a sling. I was embarrassed. It was just, it was ridiculous. I was sad. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of shorten it up, I ended up getting to go play baseball again um, at this point. I started adding like Adderall and stuff to try to keep up with my school because I couldn't, I was mm. just all this stuff compounded. I wanted to play, but I had to pass. Um, so I ended up transferring to a school in Tyler. And while I was there playing, still doing all this stuff, I got involved into drugs too at that time. And 
I ended up breaking my arm in half. Um, my oh my humor, gosh. My humor shattered in half. Mm. And I, I was like, what is going on? You know, I, I had built, cause I started to have really great success. And in baseball, a lot of times there's superstition, right? When you do something and it produces a great result, you don't change. Yep. Yeah. So all this stuff just start to build in my life. I was like, oh, you're doing all this stuff and this is why it's happening. Yeah. Well, after my arm broke, um, I came home, I had to have surgery. And it was probably the first time in a two week span that I'd been fully sober. Mm. Like just mentally, just all my stuff. And I yeah. went to church, not, not wanting to listen. I went because that was what my parents took me, right? I went as a kid, but I didn't yeah. know. And I had an encounter that pushed me against the, the chair, the amazing warmth and love mm. and laid out everything and told me he would, that he loved me, but I had to choose. There, there wasn't any more option. It was either mm. him or don't. Mm. My response was like, if it's anything like I grew up, I don't want it because I yeah. watched all this stuff. And he goes, I'll show you what I'm like. Okay. You're going to show me that I'm in. Hmm. So I ended up going through a bad thing. I had a best friend for 20 years. Ended up, he got drunk one night, and then he knocked me down, kicked me in the face, threw my arm into a fence. I mean, just a bunch of stuff that went after that. And it's the first time I ever forgiven anyone. Ever yeah. When that betrayal happened. Um, so at the school I was at, everyone on my team, except for one guy, either was in drugs or dealing drugs, all this type of stuff. And so in the environment, I had to learn to be by myself mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I had moments where I would go in, be fine, and I'd go back out. And when I went out and her party or something, I had a remorse in my heart. Not as in I felt I was in trouble, but just like what you've shown me and the kindness you've shown me, I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. That, right. The spirit not wanting, but the flesh, the war. Yeah. And so I literally had a foundation for the first year and a half after my encounter that God taught me nothing but identity. Yeah. Okay. Come on. You know, and to learning to be alone, to be able to stand out by myself and have people attack me or whatever and learning how to love people. Yeah. Uh, so seven months from my surgery, they told me my arm would probably never heal back. So they wanted to cut my tendons and surgically attach them to my hand. Ooh. And at the time, only thing I, I wasn't even reading. I was just listening to the voice of the Lord. And he said, and I was like, okay. And so I went back to school. And so I'm getting ready to start the spring season with yep. an arm that doesn't work. Well, during the fall, we get to enter, we get to play between each other. They let me hit. I won the MVP in the fall with a messed up arm. Wow. Functioning. So I was in my um, apartment. God said, Hey, you love baseball more than me. Mm. You idolize it your whole life and you're worshiping yourself in it and you're seating yourself as your own king, just like Satan did against mm. me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if I'm never meant to play anymore, I'm okay with that. And then yeah. next I woke up right back to normal, Peter. I went from paralyzed hmm. from the, that right here down with no oh. motor function to fully capabilities of throwing a 90 mile an hour baseball the next day. Wow. Come on. Praise God. What an amazing healing. Yeah. And that's over and 11 you, years ago. And you just needed to surrender. Yeah. And it was like, you know, and I had someone tell me like, Oh God just needed to take it away from you. And Peter, that made me mad. Mm -hmm. It made me really upset. And I was like, God, did you take that from me? And he said, no, but when you chose to what I gave you over to the things that the enemy wanted you to do, you opened yourself up for it to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually restoring the very thing that you had a passion for to go do what I want you to do. Woo. Let's go do it. Wow. 
And I'm telling you, after that, Peter, Peter, I got to go play a little bit of overseas representing the United States. I got to go play a little bit of professional ball. I, I got to accomplish my dream and play professional and be paid to play after wow. an arm that was broken in half. And Come on. You know, so. And it's since so then, just, God's just been on a journey teaching me um, all the different things, experiencing the spirit and really in business. I really enjoy business and finance yep. and people and really yeah. going through that. What does kingdom business look like? Yeah. Well, that's exactly, that's such, I love the, you know, I've heard, I think that story, all that story before I know I've heard some of it and it's just so powerful to hear how God stepped in. Uh, and it's interesting because you're, you're highlighting a theme that seems like it's not just a theme for you for baseball, but it's a theme for business. And it's a theme probably for any of us where we have a passion that's in our heart, but there's this place where we can kind of try to do it on our own or this place that we can do it out of a place of sonship. And, you know, so often it's easy to submit to God. It's easy to surrender to God about something we don't care about. But oftentimes in these things where we've got a real, you know, excitement about something or a place that gives us value or a sense of validation or a sense of uh, accomplishment or, um, you know, where we really think something is down that avenue when God kind of brings that to a stop in order so that it can be in him that we're doing those things. It can be really quite a transition. Oh, yeah. Well, and even in doing that, right, we allow ourselves to be robbed of the greater um, fruits of it. Yes. You know, it's kind of like when we let go, right, and we say, okay, you're more important than my passion. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm, so I'm going to set this aside. You put the dream in me. Mm -hmm. The dream doesn't overweigh what I want with you. Yes, yes. Once I do that, right, then it's like, okay, your heart is to have me over the thing. Yes. So yes. Now, let's go blow up the thing. Yes. Let's go take it to where it's meant to go because it's kind of like denying ourselves, right? Deny yourself and then it's denying this. Oh man, so good. So we want to talk a little bit about sun sonship today, sonship in the marketplace, really, you know, and each of us has our own marketplace. Like when we talk about marketplace, there's obviously the business connotation, but I do a lot of work in education and some people are in government. I know you've done some things in government too. You know, other people are in arts and entertainment or media, um, you know, so there's just lots of different marketplaces. I mean, a pastor, I pastor as well, you know, a marketplace for a pastor is the church. You know, uh, we're both fathers. Uh, another space that we're in is, of course, being fathers. And, you know, um, so there's there's just there's something about how does it look to bring sonship kind of out of the prayer closet? You know, and that's where obviously sonship starts. It's like if I if you know, if you hadn't had those experiences with the father where he was showing you, hey, I'm going to teach you who you are, you know, um, and where you were hearing from him. Um, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear, hear my voice. And there's just some, there's something so significant about we need to hear from the father ourselves. But how does that transfer? You know, so often I've experienced in the past, it's like you can hear him in the morning in the prayer closet, so to speak, but lose him on the drive to work once you start thinking about your day. And I know that that's an experience many people have had where, you know, I just felt so strong in the Lord when I was reading the word in the morning with like my cup of coffee or worshiping him or praying or whatever, or fellowshipping with other believers. But then when I start thinking about the schedule of my day, or then when I start walking into the workplace, or then when maybe even perhaps I'm surrounded by people at the workplace that are driven by something different than God's agenda, you know, how do I, how do I bring uh, him with me and how do I bring my identity as a son into the marketplace um, and you know kind of not lose that on the drive to work or lose that when you walk in 
Um, I was, you know, I would just say a uh, first key would be the simple keeping the door open, right? Mm, come on. Uh, when we transition from home to business, right? We've talked about we've been programmed to separate the two, mm. right? So as I'm leaving my house, just a simple thing would just be like, "Hey, Lord, I'm I'm here to listen to you today." Come on. And it doesn't have to be this long thing, right? So when I walk so into my office building, say, so "Hey, good. hey, Father, the door's open today." Yes. And, mm. and it's as sporadic That's and good process of that avenue, that back and forth communication is continuously being touched. Wow. Right. So it doesn't have to be, I have to sit here for an hour. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Yes. Yes. Because we still have to work, right? We still have to function with yep. yep. business, right? Yeah. At the same time within that, if I'm keeping that door open and then I hear the, oh, yep. there it is. All right, let's do that. Yes. So. That would just be a simple start. You know, one of the things that as you're talking that comes to mind, I love that. It's it's a real practical. I feel like this can be a very practical um, talk here. One of the things that's so practical, just leave the conversation open. In other words, prayer was the conversation you're having before you came to work. And he'll have a conversation with you at work. And I think you highlighted something so significant when you said it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing. We need to remember that God's the greatest gentleman there's ever been. You know, and so if one of the fruits of the spirit is gentleness, you know, and if David said your gentleness made me great, you know, I just love that, that gentleness is so powerful. And the gentlemanliness of God is that he understands the context we're in. You know, I'm sure you've had this happen before where God could have told you something at any point, but he waited until you had a quiet moment to tell you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, wouldn't we consider it rude if we knew someone who constantly was was interrupting us? in the midst of doing something else, you know, when they could easily have told us later at a more appropriate time. And mm -hmm. God so often does that. And I think to your point, you know, where, where he will, I mean, sometimes he, Holy Spirit will interrupt us because we need yeah. interrupted right then. Yeah. Um, but, but so often he's like, Hey, no, I, I work within the context of where you're working. So to your point, we, we don't, we need to understand that God is not so sort of spiritually minded that he doesn't understand that you have a series of meetings here. And therefore he might take that those five minutes between that meeting to slip something into you, to have a conversation with you, to bless you in your next meeting. And he's not asking you to have an hour and a half prayer time uh, in the midst of your three meetings in a row. He's yeah. gonna speak in the context and the space that has you have available for him. Right. Well, it's like too, it's like inviting him into what you do, right? Yeah. I'm, if whatever my job, you know, task or, or responsibilities are, but you know, Lord, give me some insight on what I do to make it faster, more efficient. I can help this. So good. And I can bring greater value than they thought this could be. And then just go about doing the day and then leave it. Up to, Man, oh, I never thought of that. Can I do that? Or what if, you know, and so because yeah. he cares about where we are, he cares about that thing we're putting our hand to Come on. Come on. What we put our hand to. He to wants to bless Lord. it. Lord. Come on. You know, and so when we're in those places, we can be the one that God highlights like, hey, why is it your output's 10 times higher? Why? Yep. Is, oh, well, I just felt like I should just change this and this. And yeah, right. And then I think a lot of time, too, is we don't have to go. It's easy to talk about. It. It's a different thing to do it. Yeah. Right. And so it's just learning to live from a place of being with the father and not saying this is what I do. This, this, this and this. It's like, let me be it. Let me do it. Yeah. You know. There's a couple of things I feel like you highlighted there that were on my mind too, which is um, we can commit our work to the Lord. 
there's a proverb that says, or I think it's Psalm to me, it says, commit your work to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. You know, so often, if we're honest with ourselves, when we do work outside of the peace of God, what happens is we're just confused all day long. You know, it's just like the day doesn't line up. And, you know, everybody can have a tough day where it feels like things don't line up and that's okay. But but if if someone listening doesn't consistently feel like their day is almost supernaturally orchestrated, I would have just encouraged a simple prayer that someone taught me when I was a young believer. There's this real seasoned uh, prophet actually who came into a coffee shop. He went to our church and he said, he saw me stressing about the work I was doing as a teacher. And he said, hey, I just want you to try something. When you sit down to work, just say, Lord, I commit this work to you. That's all it takes. I commit it to you. And you said my thoughts would be established. And so he starts to link our thoughts together in an orderly manner when the work's committed to him. I would, it'd be like almost open, keeping that door open, right? It's so similar, yes, yes. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned, I think is so strong is you're talking about um, really operating out of a place of peace. Hmm. You know, the Bible says seek peace and then pursue it. And I think sometimes we just never find peace and we start pursuing lots of different things, but we actually haven't found the peace that we were meant to pursue yet. Yeah. One of which like would be um, being in that sonship, right? If I'm keeping that door open with peace, Jesus being the person, if I keep the door open, then I feel there yes i think that you're hitting on it it's uh watching from the philippines praise god great to great to have you patrick um so you know i think that there's something about relationship and identity being the foundation of this process share a little bit more of what you've learned about how to how to let that be the foundation of your work in the marketplace um you know one example i mean prior example so I, i i went to run a business and I brought in a younger guy that I met before who mm-hmm. was, he was 21 at the time and I was 25. So I was about to run a million dollar business at 25 years old and I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. He threw me into, hey, this store's about to crash and we need someone to go in there. Um, yeah. Okay. So I had to read a 400 page manual to figure out how this thing's supposed to function. But yeah. So I hired him in and I actually had to put my job on the line to hire him back because he had got let go. Well, he came to live with me. Yeah. And so we had just built a really good re- uh, relationship, friendship. Okay. Well, when we transitioned to work, right, being a young kid, there were times he had actually functioned with me like we're friendship at work. Mm. And so we talk about the knowing who we are. So in that moment, I'm like, okay, hey, like we have to talk about what what are the boundaries here and honoring me, right? Honor me in that position. I'm going to honor you and where you're in your position. I'm not going to talk down to you or talk to you in a way that's, um, you know, not from the heart of the father just because we're friends. Yeah, yeah. So we had a moment to where he was real frustrated with it, and he came and beat on my desk, slamming his fist on my desk, and all that stuff because he had he felt free enough to be like, "Hey, this is what it is." And so, like in that moment, right, I am relying on, "Okay, Father, what do you want to do?" Mm-hmm. Because in that instance, I have to try to set an example. Yeah, I have to care for my friend. Yeah, because those are two things that say that never can exist. Yeah, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Because it didn't, when he did that, the identity part of that, I was so firm in when God taught me who I was and I couldn't repeat yep. it by anybody. So in that moment, his attack, I didn't take personal. Yes. I saw him as my friend's hurting and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And so I had a conversation with him and just be like, listen, like I have to write you up and do this. I was like, but I want you to know, like, I love you. What's going on? Yeah. So I crossed the threshold of, okay, Father, show me what's going on in his heart. Let's get yeah. personal, right? Because yeah. 
something off kilter that's not allowing him to do and be his fullness. Yeah. So learning that there's stuff going on at home, it was just the way, you know, and so just really encouraging him. I prayed with him, you know, just, and then after that moment, my entire store changed. Hmm. Because prior to this, people saw the relationship we had, like, oh, well, you just do that because he's your friend. Mm -hmm. When that moment, it set a totally different understanding of how the business would function and cater to when things happen or relationships. And like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to play. I'm going to honor you and where you are, what you do, and how we interact with each other. And learning to set that. And I, I had no idea how to do that. At 25 years old, I, mm -hmm. what do you do? Yeah. Um, people that were 38 that worked for me. And, you know, so. So what I'm hearing is that in that moment, you yourself went back to your identity or referenced your identity in God. In other words, not only did you hear from the father and say, father, what are you wanting to do right here so that he could teach you? But mm -hmm. also you really didn't take it personally because you weren't putting your identity in how an employee was relating to you or anything else. You, you were keeping your identity firmly in the father. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So what I do doesn't dictate who I am. What Come I, on. Who I am dictates what I do. Okay. So that, that right there was a major shift that you stayed, that you didn't shift into. In other words, so often we get into a performance mode, whether we're playing baseball or whether we're in business, or even if I was pastoring, we can get into a performance mode, which is like where we get a little frantic on the inside of like, Hey, this has got to come together right now. This can't happen like this, or this has to be like this, but you stayed in an identity mode. You're saying, correct. Come on. And out of that, a solution came. Correct. Yeah. Like, cause then, I mean, right at the, a lot of the times it's highly emotional. Yes. And to stay in that place and keeping that door open with the father is to remain in peace in that moment. Come on. Come right. On. Because if I react in the same, um, what's being brought against me, if I react the same, it's only going to get worse and blow up. First, yes. Right. Love will conquer. Right. In that moment, peace will conquer and bring things back to being a peacemaker. Wow. Come on. You know, and a lot of times, like some freedom, right? Like, especially like if a business owner leader, it's like when you're established in a place of leadership or you have a business, you're on, you run and God has established that. I think to, to give freedom is that it's not yours to make sure it grows. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not responsible to make sure people grow, mm -hmm. but we're made sure to love them follow the father and do his in his heart and he will make all that stuff grow. So, Come on. or someone's takes from me, you know, I had mm -hmm. someone at work that would take from this. And so I'm like, Lord, he's not taken from me. Mm -hmm. that, I want you to take care of that. And I'm going to love him. In a minute. But now I still had to address like, Hey, you know, like I can't find the stuff, you know, whatever. But at the time I'm praying for him in the spirit, mm -hmm. be like, okay, Lord, I know this is going on and that's yours. That's yeah. your, that's yours. That's not my, come on. I, it's not mine to begin with. Yes. If okay. You, you just it. highlighted another really important thing, Corey. So there's something of ownership here, which I think that you're really um, viewing through more of a partnership perspective with the father. So it's almost like, whereas many people would, would see them as see themselves as the owner of the business and therefore also the owner of the problem that comes up. It seems like you're seeing yourself more as like a partner with God in the business and therefore a partner with God in the solutions. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, well, it'd be two ways, right? You, you, 
God gives you something, right? Because he has a purpose, right? We mm-hmm. have a purpose in it. So when we get to that point and we've led up to that process going from anointed to being appointed, so in that time okay. and we're functioning in that, the partnership was, is okay, hey, what have I called you to do in it? And what's mm-hmm. the father's role? Yes. Come and on. Out of, I've got to make this happen and fix it and try to roll over into the father's area because I want mm-hmm. to try to get back in line. Or however I have to, it's that trust of back and forth because that's where it'll bring the true freedom and growth. Knowing yes. that's not something I have to make happen. I can yeah. that and I can focus on the other issues and loving people and coming and serving, right? I mean, serving people where they are in ways that um, aren't seen in today, you know? Yes. Yes. You know, I'm thinking about, this has happened to me before too, where, you know, you notice there's a need. Uh, someone that you're mentoring, someone that you're leading, someone that's an employee, someone that you just have relationship with and you notice that there's a need. And um, so often it seems like we're, we're quick to jump. I'm quick to jump to, well, let me just speak to that. You know, and, but to your point, I don't know what it is, maybe half the time, maybe more, that can be fixed in prayer. Um, and if it, you know, and then maybe sometimes I still have to say something, but it's like, but now it's like an appointed time and it's someone's heart that's been made ready. And I have the father's heart in that scenario. So I think that conflict is really, um, you know, such a source for growth, really iron sharpens iron, but we can't do conflict on our own and get the same results as, as when we're doing that in partnership with the Lord. Oh yeah. And definitely, you know, even especially uh, most often in business now it's right. A lot of times we're seeing a great successful business, but a destructive home, Ooh. right? The, the, the two things aren't, are, aren't in order, right? But God was never his intention. It was like, no, no, I, I want your house to be in order and to have yeah. this yeah. and to both, you know? And a lot of that um, goes back to the relationship. You know, God showed me a picture of the day of, of a human body, just like, you know, it talks about in scripture, the, the body, right? The hand can't yeah. say that I have no need, right? Yeah. Anything in business, the business has a body. Well, yeah. the heart of that business being the identity, right? Yes, come on. Why I do what I do. Yes. Then affects the head. Yeah. Leadership, government. Mm-hmm. Right? Then that then flows out to what do you do with the finances? How yep. do you do HR? How do you do come on. And it filters into all those things. Yes, yes. And so when those things come into an alignment, what we thought a world system could do without mm. that, it was a successful. So if we start transitioning and putting in those into order, how much yeah. is the success when all those things are in order? Oh, that is so good. You know, that's one of the hallmarks of God's leadership in our lives is that we're blessed. Yeah. You know, the blessing of the Lord makes rich Proverbs ten twenty two, and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, there's so often we think that we've stepped into blessing and yet other things just basically go to shambles. That's not the blessing of God. He's a good builder. You know, I think sometimes there's there's children of God that wish and wonder why they have not yet been promoted. And I would propose that God is, he is so protective of his children. He wants us to have good success. He says, let me get the wine skin right first before I pour out new wine into that. So yeah. let me get you into a place of humility first that's dependent upon me before I exalt you because I don't want the exaltation that I want to give to you to crush you. I don't want it to draw you away from me. You know, I don't want it to cause your home life to, to, to go into shambles. I don't want it to, you know, produce 
something good over here, but concurrently be destructing something, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, that wouldn't be a very good father if you allowed that, right? Whoo! Well, exactly yeah, it. something I went through literally about a year and a half ago. I'd had a vision about God really calling me to where there was a desert. And all these businesses were coming up and uh, he said, you know, because you care about the people, mm. people were standing on top of the building. Mm -hmm. Business was below the people, right? Come on. Relationship first. Yeah. It's underneath. Yeah. Because you care about the people. This is what I'll give you. However, I need you to bring your family back into order first with me. Come on. I can go put you over many businesses where you can affect many people. Praise God. And I, how can I give you something that's so precious to me when this isn't there? Yes. How can you go give what you don't have? Yes. Right. Yeah. Now? Yeah. Wow. There's something about, you know, Jesus says, if you're faithful with what is least, you'll be given, um, you know, you'll have true riches entrusted with true riches. And one of the things that's characteristic of the spirit of mammon is the spirit of mammon, when it leads, it'll subjugate people, including yourself, to destruction. In other words, it'll make you and yourself and your family and your relationships and the other people at the business actually serve it. Yeah. Whereas God's saying the kingdom is a different model. He's saying, receive my love, love others, prioritize people, and then, you know, in other words, seek first the kingdom. And all these other things will come out of that. And that's the sort of thing that I'm hearing from you is that a kingdom business model doesn't somehow subjugate Christ, doesn't somehow subjugate relationship with God and each other to this lower sort of subservient level because there's a job that needs done and says, no, we're going to have, like you said so beautifully, an identity that's set and leadership that's rooted in that. And then, yes, we are going to get the job done, but we're going to get it done in a way that's a blessing all the way around. Of course. You know, and... It's interesting to, you know, we talk about the difference in, in incorporating this stuff like that. You know, when we talk about relationship, if I had a leadership team that was truly in relationship, right? And I think it's in Ephesians 6, 5 or 6, where it talks about when we can deal with each other and have relationship and have that freedom, then we can have the fullness of God. Mm -hmm. And I've even experienced it with, you know, Mark and Daniel, those guys, and we're in relationship with each other and we go places and we are ministering together or whatever. Yeah. I literally can pick up on their giftings and operate in those. Yes. As a business, if I have a leadership team that is willing to do that mm. across departments and they're functioning together. Yeah. And they cross over and swapping back and forth. How much better is communication? How much better is innovation? How much better is all these things that start working together because they can see and operate in each other's different giftings? Yes. Uh, yeah. The synergy is incredible. Yeah. Synergy is incredible. And that's and that, and that that that's one of those elements that is kept suppressed because we've said personal doesn't get involved in business. Now there obviously there's boundaries and stuff like that, and which is over time we learn how to honor mm -hmm. and you know all that and love and all that which is a key foundation to identity. So yeah. if you know the identity and the nature of the heart and how to honor and all that, well, then that translates into the leadership, the building and going down, which yeah. we're telling the exponential growth and stuff like having being leaders in the business. Yeah. yeah I just, I, ha I have this phrase, sons in the marketplace, sons in the marketplace. And um, I'm feeling like, not to put you on the spot, but I'm feeling like it would be good for us to do another couple videos along this theme. Like, in some ways, I feel like this is this is um, like an intro video, but there's a lot of pieces that could kind of be pulled and and teased out within this. Like, what does that look like, and what were the breakthroughs that helped you know help that 
um, you know, but in the meantime, I feel like it would be really good if you had, if you felt to do it, Corey, if you could just pray for those that are listening now and those that will listen in the future to this recording, um, you know, just pray uh, uh, for them, even a prayer of impartation, because, you know, I think that there's some, there's so much that can be taught, but there's a lot that can be caught too. And, yeah. and, you know, and we, and we know that. And, and when we have, you know, God has for all of us to have this sort of breakthrough, but when we have the breakthrough ourselves, we can release it to others, you know, and what could have taken six years might only take six months. What could have taken six months might only take six weeks because someone prayed for me, you know, someone imparted right. to me um, around these things. So if you have anything that you would like to impart, I think that, you know, around sonship in the marketplace, I think that it would just be powerful time to receive. Cool. Yeah. I don't mind at all. Well, Lord, I just, I just thank you so mm -hmm. much for, uh, what you're doing in our time and, and transitioning us as sons. And I just thank you for whoever's listening. If anything we've spoken about, whether they are saying, I want that. Well, I release what you've given me. Yes, Lord. To be poured out into them, Father. And I just thank you mm -hmm. for the, the, the heart positioning to receive and then expand on it and go be mm -hmm. and encounter you in that. Lord, I just thank you for keeping those doors and that communication open with you. Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you so much for just... Um, understanding the process be okay with right where you're at and what the father's saying because you'll get to where you're going to go but don't let yourself be robbed of right now and the beauty and the time of right now and what father wants to do right now come on yes lord and lord i just bless if there's any you know business leaders or business i just i just bless them right now father with just a a revelation and understanding of relationship within the business market mm -hmm. and I used to being the great teacher lord and demonstrator of that as you taught and demonstrated and demonstrated and taught mm -hmm. releasing the demonstration and the teaching with you and how those function together so that mm -hmm. they pass the ceiling that they've hit mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah that's so good yeah, I pray, Father, exactly that, that everyone who listens to this would pass a ceiling that they've been at before and that more would be open to them in Jesus' name. Yes. I so appreciate you, Corey. This is awesome to hear your testimony, awesome to hear what God's done. And I think there's some real practical keys just in this, this one conversation, but I think there's more. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll have some more opportunity to unpack some of these things a little bit more and share some other elements of it because it's so needed. You know, I feel like the Lord spoke to me couple of years ago and he said we're, we're about to see fivefold ministers raise up from Ephesians 4 you know uh, that their primary metron is not the church sphere and so we're going to start to see what does it look like to have a prophet in the marketplace what does it look like it to have you know a prophet in government what does it look like to have an apostle in education and I think that it's going to be really exciting and I felt like the Lord saying this is one of the most privileged times that the believers, the body of Christ has ever had, because they're not going to just be able to hear the equipping that comes from the fivefold ministry, but even fivefold ministers that are specific to their sphere of influence, specific to their marketplace. Oh, yeah. You know, just the last little thing, if you look around the government systems, a lot of stuff is set up in five. Like city mm -hmm. councils, like city council right from the municipality, there's five council members. Mm -hmm. So if we have a group of people like that and us being the forefront leaders of that in business or whatever, and truly understanding how to be leaders and be in relationship and still honor each other and not fight over this or that, but we know how to submit to one another, move back and forth. The, the growth, the healing, the, I mean, the, 
it's endless. Mm-hmm. Actually solving problems, living in unity and seeing things that we've never seen before because we chose to come to that place as leaders. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. Well, we bless you. Thank you for listening with us today. Uh, if this blessed you, please do share, like, uh, that helps more people see it. You know, there's there's algorithms in Facebook that the more it's shared or liked or comments, we'd love to hear any comments of how this blessed you. Um, Corey and I will see uh, comments on there and be able to respond as well. Uh, so we just, again, we bless you. And thanks again for joining us. It's an honor to have, have uh, had you join us. Pleasure, Peter. Talk to yeah. you soon. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.